to the Doggy Juice Pod, powered by Dimers.com. This is episode number 105, Thursday, December 17th, 2020, and I'm coming to you live from sunny Los Angeles, California this week. Miss Juice and I have been living and working remotely for the past month, and after staying out in Colorado for a few weeks, we packed up and moved to Airbnbs in Las Vegas and now out here in LA. We were in Vegas last weekend. It was pretty tough, obviously, not going out to all the sports books and doing what we normally do out there due to COVID-19. But I did make my first trip over to the brand new Circus Sports Casino in downtown Vegas last weekend to sign up for their their book over there, at least. Remember, in Nevada, you have to register in person for mobile wagering. That's the single worst aspect of the existing Nevada law. But had to go do that, at least, and, and go check out that new book because it is incredible. And the people over at Circa were nothing but kind. And holy shit, it is definitely the new mecca for sports betting in Vegas. If you haven't heard of it yet, definitely check it out. But they have a massive sports book there. I was there on Sunday night during kickoff for Sunday Night Football, and it was such an incredible atmosphere. Even during this pandemic, they have stadium-style seating, huge screens. The VEASAN studios are there, and the Mega Bar is right there nearby. It's a sports better's paradise over at Circa, but unfortunately, we can only stick around there for a few minutes due to COVID. But it was just enough to get the feet wet and see what the future looks like out there in beautiful Las Vegas. But anyway, now we're out here in L.A., driving back home to Chicago early next week for Christmas and the holidays. But not before a packed weekend of sports. This Saturday in particular is a loaded day of action with college football, championship games, the NFL, and college basketball action, and also some morning soccer for all of us footy fans. But my number three Iowa Hawkeyes take on number one Gonzaga in college hoops early Saturday morning to begin the day. Super excited about that one. So this episode will be a shorter one, similar format to last week. I'm just going to dive into some college basketball, some college football, and then some NFL. And then, of course, close out the pod with this week's official Doggy Juice Pod Week 15 NFL plays. But before I begin, the, N- or, sorry, the NBA starts up next week, uh, Tuesday, December 22nd to be exact. And a quick look over at the futures odds. The Lakers are the short shots to repeat as champions at around plus 270, plus 275. Followed by the Bucks, the Nets, and the Clippers in the plus fifth, or yeah, plus 550, plus 600 range, uh, depending on where you shop. And then it's a bit of a drop-off before you get to the next set of teams at double-digit odds to win the Larry O'Brien Trophy, including the Celtics, the Heat, and the Mavericks, and the Nuggets. Those are right around the 15 to 20 to 1 range. Then the Warriors are all the way down at 25 to 1, 30 to 1, depending on where you shop. And that's the key term here, Doggy Juice Pod listeners. Make sure you shop around for the best available price and whatever you're doing when it comes to sports betting. With a growing assortment of legal outs, we as bettors, we have a big advantage in that we get to pick and choose our price and always striving to get the best number is the best and frankly the easiest thing you can do right away right now to help put yourself in the best position to succeed in this sports betting thing in the long run. I've been saying it since day one, since episode one of the Doggy Juice Pod, the Doggy Juice Sports Betting Ten Commandments. Go back and listen to episode one or episode 50 when I revisit those uh, those 10 sports betting uh, commandments. Uh, but when it comes to futures markets, the household is uh, usually just too high to get involved most of the time, especially when you're trying uh, to tie up your money for a prolonged period like this, like an NBA future. And along those lines, though, the best value you're going to find if you do want to tie up your funds for multiple months of the season is 
is in the season win totals markets. I've talked about this in recent podcasts as well and previous podcasts. Be sure to shop on those two because the season win totals in the NBA often do vary significantly from book to book. And you can you can also find yourself some nice middles on those, especially if you are getting at it early. But if you do your due diligence, you can really find some nice price discrepancies in those markets as well. But the season's coming up in the NBA. It's coming up fast. It's going to be here before I do my next episode, so I had to at least talk about it and touch on it. But um, obviously the new season in the NBA is not going to look like any others uh, before it. But expects a lot of resting from a lot of top players early on, especially the top players that you know were on teams that had deep playoff runs in the bubble just a few short months ago. Something to keep in mind. The NBA is always a pain in the ass to handicap. Obviously, it's such a player-rating-driven handicap. And, and when you take out some of these stars unexpectedly, they're sitting out. When you least expect it, you can see some huge line moves, games off the board. So it's a pain in the ass to keep on top of, but odds makers have to keep on top of it as well. And bookmakers, you know, they have to to manage the risk. So it's something to consider, but the NBA is coming right around the corner. And speaking of other major North American professional leagues, the NHL is expected to drop the puck in mid-January with a proposed 56-game schedule and also a proposed division realignment, breaking up the league into, it looks like, into Canada with the seven Canadian teams all in one division, and then the East, Central, and the West. It looks like they're going to be looking to do that this season, but Nothing's official yet, at least from last I've heard, but it's something to pay attention to for all of you hockey fans out there. But let's move on to the college ranks now, starting with a stop in the world of college hoops. Some important info here for you college hoops handicappers. As of yesterday, Wednesday, uh, December 16th, the NCAA is going to grant all transfers immediate eligibility. And this is going to instantly impact several teams, some more than others, but some notable ones. Uh, Trey Wirtz at Notre Dame, the transfer from Santa Clara. He's going to be able to suit up right away now. Um, Your NA at SMU, he's the OK State transfer. Uh, One of yeah, one name that you guys are going to remember for sure here is Alex O'Connell, former Duke player. He's a Creighton transfer now. Um, DeAndre Williams from Memphis. He's a an Evansville transfer. Elijah Weaver at Dayton. He's a USC transfer. There's more, but this is just something to consider because a few of these additions are going to have an immediate impact and a material impact on some of these teams' power ratings moving forward. It might take a little bit for the teams to assimilate with uh, with these guys, but obviously they've been around for practice and stuff. So if their eligibility is It's all of a sudden going to be granted here. Obviously, they can take the court and impact their teams right away. College basketball teams against the spread so far this season. I'm starting to do this every week, and it's kind of interesting to see how this plays out. But as I record this on Thursday afternoon, the best teams against the spread, VCU, 7-1 against the spread, Liberty, 6-1. And then we have some unbeatens against the spread still. St. Louis, who I know the Danimal was uh, was all over. Shout out to the Danimal for giving uh, St. Louis out as a team to look to play early in the season, but they're 4-0 against the spread to start, along with Maryland BC. Um, Abilene Christian is, um, is or sorry, 5-0 against the spread. St. Louis, Maryland, uh, Baltimore County, and Abilene Christian. We have a pretty big group that are still at 4-0 against the spread as well. I won't name all of those teams, but the worst teams against the spread so far uh, the MAC nearby Chicagoland, Nor- uh, Northern Illinois, and Austin P. Also, uh, those are 0 and 5 against the spread. Arizona State, Lipscomb, and Chicago State are all 1 and 6 against the spread. And then there's a pretty decent group at 0 and 4 against the spread. 
in terms of totals, teams you know that are playing more to the over, more to the under so far this year. My Iowa Hawkeyes are six and zero to the over so far this season. Illinois, another Big Ten uh, top dog this year, six and one to the over. Uh, and then in the MAC, Ball State's four and zero to the over. And in terms of under teams uh, so far this season, Kentucky five and zero to the under, along with Washington State and East Tennessee State. It's all something to keep in mind when dealing with these teams moving forward. But always remember, the market does correct itself over time. So you always have to consider this when when you're about to make a bet. And when you're making a bet, you always have to wonder, okay, first of all, is my handicap correct? And if so, is the market already taking my handicap into account? Is, is it already priced in? And so a lot of these teams, you know, when they're cashing overs at, you know, a 6-0 clip like the Hawkeyes, that starts to get priced in. And you know, eventually the market corrects itself over time. So you have to be aware of when that pendulum shift or when that fundamental change in, in the team's number is going to uh, show itself in the marketplace and whether or not uh, the market's going to catch up to it uh, when you're actually looking to play it. So something to keep in mind moving forward. We have a boatload of football to get to, but in future weeks, I'm going to start shifting the focus more to uh, towards college hoops here on the pod as I normally do around this time of year and as we transition uh, from more football to more basketball. And as most of you long-term Doggy Juice Pod listeners know, college basketball is my single favorite sport to handicap. It's the one with the most edges that we could find in the marketplace on a daily basis, especially early on in the year. There's just so much going on right now. Um, And obviously, you know, to delve deeply into college hoops on a podcast where I'm also talking about college football and the NFL with everything else going on. It's it's tough to do. So, um, but it's a daily grind college basketball. I'm looking forward to getting more into it as we continue on into the winter months and, and as spring in 2021 uh, is right around the corner. But enough of that. Time to move on to some college football. We have a big weekend of conference title games ahead of us. I can feel it all the way down in my plums getting all swollen. Per college football handicapper Brad Powers, there have been 523 college football games this season involving FBS teams and favorites, the record against the spread, 257 wins, 257 losses, and 9 pushes against the spread. It's pretty wild. Odds makers are pretty good, aren't they? Uh, Right now, we're in the middle of what is normally the heart of college football bowl season, but obviously this year is different than any other before it. And we're already seeing the entire cancellation now of entire bowl games and programs removing themselves uh, from bowl game consideration outright altogether. Uh, Ten teams uh, have now opted out of bowl games per my last count. But it's conference championship week, college football this weekend. Uh, We have some appetizing matchups to look forward to this weekend. Three title games on Friday night and seven on Saturday. So I'm just going to run through all these, and I do have plays in a few of them, so uh, get ready for those. And then, of course, I'm going to close out. There's there's one game I like that is not a conference title game that I'll get to last. But let's just move down the list here in no particular order. Well, I guess we'll start with the Big Ten because it's uh, local for all my Chicagoland listeners. But the Big Ten Championship, we have number four, Ohio State, uh, laying 20 and a half points now against number 14, Northwestern. The total is at 56 and a half. Um, I did lean to the under here. I really like the under, actually, but it's down to 56.5 after a move earlier in the week. I agree with that move. Uh, this line, you know, in terms of the spread, is right around where I make it, but I do lean to the Buckeyes laying less than three touchdowns, less than three full touchdowns in this spot. Really would like, you know, 17 to get involved, you know, by my the way I have the game graded preflop uh, on, on the Buckeyes. We're obviously not going to see that. 
wouldn't want to get involved in Northwestern until that line got up to 24. So it's right in no man's land for me, but I definitely lean the way of the Buckeyes and the under in that game, I, I lean as well. Could see that puppy tick back up, and I doubt I get involved. Even at 59, it was not quite enough. So uh, sitting that one out, it looks like, but it'll be a good live betting spot potentially to get on the, the Buckeyes if they start slow. Obviously, the Northwestern defense is very strong this year, but I obviously don't expect them to, to stay in that game for too long, and the market doesn't either. So if Ohio State starts slow and that line dips a bit, it could be, you know, depending on your signal and what you're seeing in the game, could be a good chance to live bet on the Buckeyes laying the points. But I'm sitting that one out before the game, that's for sure. The SEC Championship, we got number one, Alabama, laying 17.5 against number seven, Florida. The total's at 73.5 on that one. We've seen Bama money um, show this week. It's driven that line up north through the 17 fence. It was 16 earlier in the week. This is also going to serve as a de facto Heisman Trophy decider. It's a three-horse race now, but Devonta Smith, the wide receiver for Bama, he has shot up into contention the past couple weeks, um, and now he's I've seen him as low as 2-1 to one to win the award at FanDuel. Uh, but it's still Mac Jones' trophy to lose. Obviously, Kyle Trask, he was the favorite for a while, the Florida quarterback, but losing last week to LSU did not help the cause at all. Mac Jones, now he's sitting at minus 160 to win the Heisman at FanDuel. So it looks like it's all his, but it's going to be interesting to see you know, if he's going to not be throwing some touchdown balls Devonta Smith's way. <laughs> you just have to wonder because he knows he's, his own receiver might be the only guy that can pass him if he's at least looking at the uh, the Heisman odds himself. But it looks like it's going to be Mac Jones' trophy to win. Of course, that could change big time if Florida wins the game outright. Uh, this is Bama's sixth trip to the SEC title game in the last nine years. They've won the previous five outright. Florida, as we know, is the high-powered offense behind Trask. They're 4-1 against the spread in their last five games as an underdog. But who wants to get in front of this Alabama train? I mean, they're averaging 49.5 points per game, 7.7 yards per play. The defense for Bama is only allowing 4.7 yards for, per play. That three yards per play net difference is ginormous, trust me. And um, it's just a Bama team that's honestly becoming historic in terms of their power rating. I know a lot of Vegas odds makers and, and people that are respected in, in the industry are are putting Bama right near where last year's LSU team ended in terms of their, their season-ending power rating. And last year's LSU team was the highest-rated team in, in college football history by a lot of odds makers' numbers, and including mine as well. I haven't been doing this as long, obviously, as many of the other odds makers out there, but but yeah, that's last year's LSU team was just just off the charts good, and this Bama team this year is is getting close to their power rating to LSU's power rating last year. Uh, but no play for me on this one. If anything, I would actually lean Bama, but too late now, especially laying seventeen and a half. If you're gonna play Bama, I would definitely diversify with some first half as well. Uh, we'll see how much they really care about winning by margin later in the game if they're up really big in that game. And I, I also do lean a bit to the under on this one. But I'm not sure it's going to be enough uh, for me to get involved at this point. It's, it's a stay away from me also. The Big 12 championship game, we have number 10 Oklahoma laying 5.5 or 6 against number 6 Iowa State. Totals at around 58.5-58. Um, everyone that's been listening to this podcast the past couple of years knows uh, my affinity for for the Cyclones and Matt Campbell and Brock Purdy um, and Iowa State. They've cashed many a ticket for us here on the Doggy Juice Pod in select spots, of course, the past couple of years, including earlier this year when these two teams met and Iowa State won the game outright, 37-30. to 30. Uh, Iowa State's closed the season very strong, but Oklahoma as well, ever since their bye week, they've really turned it around. 
and under the radar, been cashing a lot of spread tickets as well, which is hard to do for a public team like Oklahoma. But this line, you know, it really is two teams I would love to play on market-wise, and I would love to play on Iowa State here, but I would really need to see this line at seven before I got involved on Iowa State. It's definitely a lean on Iowa State for me at the current price, but Spencer Rattler for Oklahoma and that, that whole team, I think they've really rounded into form at the right time as the season's progressed too. They've gotten better. They have a lot of their guys back healthy for this one, so it's you know, just a tough spot. I want to bet Iowa State, but as we say here on the Doggy Juice Pod, Pros bet numbers, Joe's bet teams, as the old legendary Vegas odds maker Jimmy Vaccaro likes to say. So just got to stay away on this one. But I would love to see a seven show so I can get involved in the Cyclones. Uh, but this line's also in no man's land for me. The ACC championship game, we have the rematch. Number three, Clemson, laying ten and a half. Uh, was 11 earlier in the week against number two Notre Dame. The total on that one's 59.5. We've seen a move to the under uh, on that one earlier in the week. But yeah, this is the rematch from earlier in the season. Obviously, Notre Dame won outright when Trevor Lawrence was not uh, in the game. Notre Dame was an underdog in that game. They won that game at home. But in recent years, Clemson tends to step up in big postseason games, conference title games, and, and bowl games. And, and uh, since 2012, they're 14 and three straight up and against the spread in those postseason games. But a lot of those they've been underdogs in. And this one, Clemson's laying points and double digits against a Notre Dame team that's eight and four uh, straight up in their last 12 as an underdog under Brian Kelly. So I, I do like Notre Dame here catching double digits, especially at 10 and a half or better. 11 was obviously a better number to get but plus 10.5 I think is a worthy addition uh, to your weekend portfolio. So definitely uh, lean the way of Notre Dame. I I like Notre Dame this week. Obviously, 11 would be better, but Notre Dame is definitely a recommendation at plus 10.5 this week against Clemson and maybe even diversify with a little bit of Notre Dame in the first half as well. And I also am really looking at the under in this game too. Um, maybe you know if it ticks up a little bit more, obviously it's going to be stronger. That's what I'm looking for it to do. But definitely looking that direction. Um, as we know, these two teams have faced each other earlier in the year, and so there should be some familiarity. familiarity. Obviously, um, Trevor Lawrence, is he was not involved in that first game, which changes everything a little bit, but we're seeing that reflected in the line as well, of course. So, you know, I really, at 59 and a half, it's not quite there. I'd like to see this hit in the 60s, and I still think that there's a good chance that happens. So call it a good underplay at 60 or better, and then even better if, you know, if it goes up 61, 62, then, then increase your position on that one. The Pac-12 championship, we have number 13, USC, laying three points against Oregon. Total on that one, 63.5. We saw a move to the over during the week, and I don't agree with that move, actually. In fact, I'm close to getting into play on the under in that one myself. (laughs) would like to see 65 show, but I think it's uh, good for a reduced position at 64, even 63.5. USC was going to play Washington as seven-point favorites for this game, but uh, Washington COVID issues, now they're... They're switching their opponent. Oregon's in there, and and now USC is only playing or laying three points against Oregon, the replacement team. But Kadan Slovis, strong quarterback for USC. I still think they win this game outright. No play for me. Slightly into USC, but not enough to get involved at that price. Here's a game I really want to get involved in and have gotten involved in. The AAC Championship, number nine, Cincinnati, laying 14 and a half against Number 23, Tulsa. Total on that one's 45.5, so a lower total than these other games that we're looking at. The line has moved down uh, to 14, 14.5. 
up from 16 earlier in the week, and I agree with that move. I was part of that move. The totals dropped a bit as well um, as the week has gone by, but uh, this, there's a lot of reasons why I like taking the points with Tulsa here, taking the 14.5 points, not just the lower total, but Cincinnati, they've been they've been off. When this game's kicked off, they wouldn't have played for 28 days. They've been dealing with COVID issues. And so there should be some rust. You would expect some, some rust. And Cincinnati, just to be clear, it's been a team I've been playing on this year. We've given them out here on the Doggy Juice Pod as a play at least one week. I know that. And they were generally a play-on team, obviously, and, and undefeated this season. They've been a great play-on team. If you've been betting them blindly every week, you've been making good money this year. But you have to feel that there's some sort of deflation on the on the end of Cincinnati not being um, as high up as they would obviously hope to be with an undefeated record in the college football playoff rankings. But Tulsa, on the other hand, uh, they were undefeated in conference play this year. The only loss this year was to Oklahoma State in, at the beginning of the season, and that was a game that Tulsa led heading into the fourth quarter. And Oklahoma State's obviously a very strong team, so there's nothing to to uh, be mad about losing that game. The Tulsa defense is very strong, as is the Cincinnati defense, obviously, and we're seeing that low total reflecting that. But you have to believe that Tulsa's coming into this game ready to go with a chip on their shoulder, but also with none of the pressure to win this game outright. And Cincinnati, on the other hand, with all that time off, the rust factor, and you know being disappointed not uh, having a chance now of making it to the college football playoff. I think Tulsa's a great bet this week, catching plus 14 and a half. Call it good at 14 or better, but definitely shop around right now. You could catch the hook, and that's a, that's a nice bet. So Tulsa, plus 14 and a half. The Sun Belt Championship game. This is my favorite play of the week. The line did move, though, so unfortunately for purposes of this podcast, the play is not as strong as it was when I got to it. But undefeated number 12, Coastal Carolina, laying three points against Number 19, Louisiana Lafayette, the total's at 55.5. Total's crept up a little bit as this week's gone by. But I love Louisiana in this one. Um, I caught them at plus 3.5 and the money line plus 145. It's um, it's their third straight time playing in this title game, Louisiana. They've been there, and they also have revenge in this spot. Uh, for all of you that remember, at the beginning of the season, Louisiana beat Iowa State at the start of the year on the road. But they actually lost to Coastal as the favorites earlier in the year, so they bring the revenge angle. Coastal won that game by three points um, when Louisiana was favored. But there's a lot of reasons why I like this play. For starters, I think the market's gone a little too far on Coastal. Even last week, I thought that uh, that line was too inflated, and Troy ended up covering that game. And Coastal needed a, a, late, a late touchdown to win that game outright. But another reason why I like uh, Lafayette or Louisiana Lafayette this week, they've had extra time to prepare for this one. They were off last week at a bye week. Um, and then honestly, like it's a spot where I expect them to be not only more rested, but more focused in this game as well. And it's a spot where Coastal's just laying too many points. I think it should be a pick em, or at least I even have Louisiana Lafayette slightly favored on my numbers. So a spot where they have revenge and we obviously know how strong of a team they are. Coastal Carolina market a little too high on them. I think, uh, Louisiana Lafayette catching three points or better is a terrific play this weekend in college football. The Mountain West Championship game, Boise State laid six and a half against undefeated number 24 San Jose State. That totals at 56 and a half. The Lions moved on this one in favor of San Jose State after Boise was sitting at minus eight, and I agree with that move. 
The total's also, uh, it's gone up a little bit on this one, and I agree with that move as well. Uh, But I would need seven or better to get involved with San Jose State here. I think we might see it again, but even for that, it's not too strong of a play. You know, I would really need plus seven and a half to, uh, to recommend them for anything substantial more than just pizza money so if it hits seven nothing wrong with taking the seven points with uh, san jose state maybe maybe sprinkle some money line on that one too but this line's right around where it should be on my stuff now the mac championship game buffalo laying 13 and a half against ball state total on that one is 67 and a half we've seen a move up on the total in that one and and i definitely um I would like 14 with Ball State, but that's close to showing for me. In a reduced position, catching 13 and a half, I think it's just a few too many points and make the game just over 10 of my stuff. So just based off that, catching 14 with Ball State would be pretty nice value on Saturday. The Conference USA Championship, our last one here, Marshall laying three and a half against UAB. Uh, total on that one's 42 and a half, a very low total, so points will be tough to come by in that one. I like, uh, or I'd lean the way of the dog here. Would really like to see four for anything uh, for a smaller position on UAB, but I do think UAB is another team that's worth uh, adding to your card this week at that price, at least at plus three and a half or better, and, and uh, put something a little more significant at plus four. But smaller play, but I definitely uh, like taking the points with UAB in that one. We have other college football action this weekend besides the conference title games. Something to keep on the forefront of your handicapping process is motivational issues, obviously, for some teams um, in these non-conference championship games. A lot of these teams have thrown in the towel on the season. It's the final games of their season, so it's really hard to gauge some of this. But read the tea leaves, read the press clippings, you know, the local beat reporters for some of these teams to try and get an idea of of you know player motivation and, and exactly not only that but what coaches are trying to do some of sometimes you have a coach that's a lame duck sometimes you have an interim coach in and it could change you know they could be preparing for next season and uh, there's different variables to keep in mind but uh, it's it's tough there's a lot more uncertainty it makes for more um, opportunities in the marketplace one of those opportunities that, that i do like i do have one play in a non-conference title game and that's tennessee plus 14, hosting number five, Texas A&M. Going back to the well with the Vols for the third straight week here on this podcast. Two weeks ago, we were taking the points with them against Florida. Last week, we were laying those points. Both of those games cashed. And now this week, we're catching two full touchdowns against Texas A&M. It's simply too much point spread value to pass up on Tennessee. I really like what I'm seeing from that team the past couple weeks, finishing the season strong, not worrying about that same motivation from these players, obviously, uh, closing out the year. So I think they could play spoiler this weekend. I'm not expecting them to win the game outright, of course, but I do like them to keep it within two touchdowns, especially the Tennessee defense. I think they can hold their own, at least for the most part, against A&M. So uh, give me Tennessee catching plus 14 against Texas A&M this weekend. So we have some plays, obviously, in college football that I just gave out. Now it's time to move on to the NFL. Hello! We have three weeks left in the regular season in the NFL. It's the home stretch. And we have Saturday games now moving forward, starting with this week. Something to pay attention to is uh, teams playing on short rest, playing Saturday after playing the previous Sunday. And speaking of teams on short rest, one of those is the Ravens. They're playing their fourth consecutive short week this week on six days rest. That's the reason why I actually like the Jaguars catching all the points on the road this week, but more on that soon. But before we get to this week's official Doggy Juice Pod NFL Week 15 plays, our resident Doggy Juice Pod degenerate, the Danimal, is back to let us all know who he's on this weekend. 
Long time, everybody. Going to make this quick on a work conference call. It's not important. Let me get these picks in. Cleveland, minus five. Giants are dead. Bradbury, cornerbacks, out. Tough loss for the Browns. They bounce back, crush the Giants. Goodbye, Giants. KC, minus three. Saints haven't beaten that many people. They lost the Eagles. Beat up on the Falcons. Who cares? Mahomes, best player, best offense. They win by 10. Seattle, minus five and a half. Washington's not that good. Come on, everybody. Russell crushes Washington. NFC East, dead. Lastly, back to the Bills Mafia every week. I actually want to take the Broncos this week if I could get a touchdown. Camp, back to Josh Allen. Minus five and a half, minus six. Bills dominate Denver. Prove they are the real deal. Danimal four pick. Cleveland, Seattle, KC, Bills, lock them all up. Back to work. All right. Thank you for gracing us with your picks, Danimal. Good luck with your action this weekend. Time to close out the episode with the official Doggy Juice Pod Week 15 NFL Plays. It's tough to find point spread value this late into the regular season in the NFL. It's already hard enough in the NFL, the hardest sport to beat. Um, And I've always said it's also hard giving out plays on a podcast, especially when I release it normally on Thursdays, because usually the market's hammered out, especially now. The market's got so much sharper the past few years with uh, more expansive legal regulated betting here in the United States. But the NFL, everyone's favorite game. It's tough when the market's sharpen out those lines as the week progresses. I know I've said that I get down 80 to 90 percent of my action usually on the Sunday or Monday, at least by before Tuesday morning, uh, Tuesday morning prior to the games. But there are some games that I'm involved in that are available still right now on the marketplace or that are at least close. And I always think it's a good exercise to give out some of these plays in case the lines do move back a little bit. And sometimes we do see that, you know, we see a a move on some games, but then the market will shift back uh, in the, the other direction again towards kickoff for whatever reason. Sometimes it's bigger, you know, larger public money, or sometimes it's sharp groups or syndicates betting back um, and having two, the same, you know, the same game, but but both, or uh, sorry, middling the game and having uh, both sides on the same game. But in terms of games I'm involved in this week, smaller position, but if you're listening in time, Thursday night, the Chargers catching three and a half on Thursday night football for a reduced position against the Raiders. I know the Dimers bot over at Dimers.com agrees with me on this one, showing massive value actually on the road dogs in this inter-California matchup um, on thousands of simulations, the Dimers bot. But that's a very big edge uh, for the Dimers for the Dimers bot in that one. But I do show on the Chargers catching three in the hook in this one for a smaller position. The Jacksonville Jaguars, I touched on this earlier. Um, I got it plus 13.5, plus 14 with a little more vig. That one's moved now. I'm seeing 13 with some juice on the Jaguars. Uh, but that's good for a smaller position. Stronger play at plus 14, obviously, which we could still see as uh, more public money comes in on the Ravens later in the weekend. Like I said earlier on the pod, it's the fourth consecutive short week for the Ravens. They keep getting six-day prep weeks. We have Gardner Minshew back uh, ready to go for the Jaguars under center. Jags continue to play hard despite management clearly gearing up for the offseason. On top of that, the Jags' run defense is much better than their pass defense. That should play right into their hands on Sunday against the Ravens team that may not be looking... uh, uh, to win by any sort of margin in this game, looking ahead to future matchups. So not looking to win by any particular margin on Sunday. They'll be happy just to win the game and move on uh, for Baltimore. So the line's slightly inflated. 
uh, with catching uh, the points of the Jaguars. It's an ugly yet worthy addition to your weekend NFL card, I think. Uh, that's a good look this weekend. And if this one hits 14, then, then it's an even stronger bet. It's not a spot where I ordinarily like to lay points, especially one involving an interdivision rivalry, but the Steelers laying really anything less than two touchdowns on the road at Cincinnati on Monday Night Football screams betting value according to my numbers and my handicap. I was able to lock them in at minus 12.5, minus 110, and also minus 13 even earlier in the week, and it looks like this one's still there uh, at minus 12.5. Call this one good up to minus 13, minus 110 or better. Be sure to shop around, of course, but there are minus 12.5s out there. I'm seeing, seeing it on FanDuel as I record this. Finally, some extra rest for Pittsburgh after playing three games in 11 days. The defense should have its way with the Bengals team that's already looking forward to the offseason. I don't expect uh, Big Ben and the offense to take their foot off the gas early on in this one either. Um, Their focus should be fully on this game, making amends for their back-to-back losses after starting the season undefeated, obviously, for so many weeks. So last two weeks have been tough for the Steelers, but this is a good spot to get them to uh, make amends. And um, the market's gone sour on them as a result, so I think that the Steelers lay in minus 12.5 is a good bet this week. In terms of this week's NFL teaser board, it's not the best-looking one, especially compared to recent weeks, but there is one really strong one that I like this weekend. But uh, just a reminder on our, on our teaser model, two teams, six-point NFL teasers that cross through the key numbers of three and seven, giving uh, us betters a mathematical edge over the book as long as we're not laying more than minus 120. And if you have books that allow you to lay only minus 110 on these, then cherish those. But uh, that's the classic Stanford Wong model, teasing through the three and the seven. There's only three teams that fit that model this week, um, and that's the Packers at minus seven and a half. They're yeah, laying seven and a half against the Panthers at home this week. You can tease them down through the seven and the three to minus one and a half, essentially ask them to win the game outright. Similar spot with the Colts against the Texans, but my numbers actually lean the Texans in that one, especially at plus seven and a half. I'm close. I have to check. Uh, because it could be enough to get over the 52.38% that you need to win in the long run to break even, the break-even percentage. Obviously, if you're flipping coins in, the, in this stuff, betting spreads, you're going to lose slowly in the, wrong, in the long run due to the VIG, but uh, you need to hit 52.38% or better, laying minus 110 to win in the long run. And I think that actually the Texans catching 7.5 could be there for me now. I have to check, but... Um, definitely lean the way of the Texans at the very least right now. So I'm not liking the Colts uh, as part of the teaser. But the other one is the Patriots from plus one and a half. You could tease them up to plus seven and a half at the Dolphins. And there's a low total in that game at 41 and a half, which I also like as well. 42 was available at DraftKings early in the week at minus 115. Now it's minus 117 as I'm recording this. That's close, but it's not ideal laying that much big, but at 42, believe it or not, is a relatively key total number in the NFL. So I actually think that that's a worthy play uh, as well this weekend, the under that game. But obviously in a game with a lower total, points are going to be tougher to come by in this game, therefore increasing the relative value of each respective point uh, in the teaser that we tease through. You're still getting the same price. Because remember, teasers are just buying points. It's a fancy way of buying points. And usually, unless you're crossing through the three and the seven, it's just not a good bet. You're better off just playing the spread. Um, at least that's the way the math works out. But when the total's this low, you're still paying the same amount, but the relative value of each point increases. So the Patriots, 
you could tease them up. Uh, this line has actually gone down from plus two and a half to plus one and a half. I was able to tease them up to plus eight and a half, but still a good play from plus one and a half up to plus seven and a half this week. Keeps us in the teaser territory, of course. I mean, the Dolphins, there's a lot of reasons to uh, stay away from them this week and look to look the Patriots' way. Uh, Dolphins injuries across the board, uh, especially to the skill position players. But for this week's official Doggy Juice Pod teaser of the week, let's call it the Packers down to minus one and a half against the Panthers and pair them with the Patriots up to plus seven and a half against the Dolphins. We are eight and three on our official Doggy Juice Pod teasers of the week this season after passing a few of the weeks. Let's keep that going, baby. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. As always, follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. I'll be back next week with a very fun episode. I'm planning to sit down with a titan of the sports betting industry to recap 2020, take a big picture look at where things stand in the sports betting space uh, right now, the good and the bad that we've seen this year, and what things are going to look like as we prepare to turn the calendar to 2021. I'm really looking forward to that interview, so be sure to tune in. And be sure to subscribe to the pod if you haven't done so already. And if you enjoy the pod, if you've been able to pad your bankroll by listening to this podcast this season, or even since day one, I would really appreciate it if you rated the podcast on Apple Podcasts and left a review. It helps grow the pod, get get it out there, get it out to more people, help spread the word. So it would really mean the world to me if you would take just a few minutes, a few moments really just to do that. And if you haven't entered it yet, you could have been leaving $1,000 on the table. Sign up for the Dimers NFL Sweet Six competition. It's free to play, so it's completely risk-free. There's no gimmicks, nothing. just takes 30 seconds to sign up, make your picks. All you have to do is answer six out of six questions correctly, and you win $1,000. And the questions aren't even that tough. It's just you know who's going to win a certain matchup, who's going to be the first touchdown scorer in a matchup. Just go six for six on those questions, and you win a grand. It's that simple. Just go to freetoplay.dimers.com, sign up, answer those six questions correctly, take home that $1,000. All right, guys, tons of games this weekend. Enjoy the action. Good luck with your bets. I'll talk to you all next week. Doggy Juice out. Juice out.